Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. My job is driving me crazy. Ah, sorry. Do you hate your job or does your job hate you? Sorry. Ah, sorry. I can't find the answer to the question I heard. My career crisis. Hello again, and thank you for downloading and sticking with us. This is My Career Crisis. Uh, I'm Ruth Barnes, and we're nearly at the end of season two. But we have a few more crises to get stuck into. And in fact, today, we are revisiting a former career crisiser, which is the official term for a returnee. Um, Sue, do you remember Sophie? I do very well, and I'm really wanting to find out what happened. What happened? Yeah. It was a great episode, wasn't it? It certainly was. So just to refresh everybody's memories, Sophie was about to give birth. It all went very well, I'm sure. And um, she had this wonderful bar and she was worried about telling her business partner because she hadn't done that. And we talked her through that. Now I want to know what happened next. What happened next? And there has been some drama, you know. We, we, we only like people to come back on the podcast if there's been significant drama in their lives and there has been. So we welcome back Sophie from season one. I feel like we need a cheer or something <laughs> here now. Hello, welcome back. Hello there. Hi. Great to see you again. Um, we I've just listened back to, to episode one, which is kind of weird now because I've met Golda, who's your lovely little daughter, who's being jiggled around outside the studio as we speak. Um, and uh, it was it was a, a really great episode because you had all the right ingredients. You were pregnant. You were doing it on your own. You had this great bar in Peckham that you ran with your mate. And you were terrified about telling your partner about the fact that you were pregnant. How is this going to impact the business? You guys have been going for three years, I think it was. Um, So instead of me waffling on about what Sophie's concerns were, should we hear a little clip from episode two of season one? Here we go. What what I'm very interested in, though, is that you've described her as someone you really trust, you've got a lot of history with, but you haven't told her you're pregnant. Yeah. Why? The idea that I was going to go out and do this on my own really deliberately is scary. And I did not tell many people about my plans whatsoever. And I just thought to myself, well, when I, you know, if I fall pregnant, that's when I'll start dealing with it. Um, That's one thing. And then on a second level, I think I didn't want to let her down. So the like, the ramifications of what I'm about to do feel massive for a business that relies heavily on both of us. Or at least it certainly did you know, a year ago, six months ago. Um, And so the idea that it will absolutely freak her out. (laughs) And it will. I mean, well, maybe it won't. So, Sophie, we've got to ask, how did it go, first of all, telling your business partner? Let's kind of go right back to that moment. Well, I was super nervous. I was literally shaking. Um, I was round at her 
house and we were doing some work and I just was like, oh, I've got, I've got something to tell you. I'm having a baby. And she was absolutely amazing and sort of just was so positive and thrilled for me and said all the right things and did all the right um, actions. And we didn't talk at all about the nitty gritty or the bits and bobs or the how it might impact on the business. It was just congratulations. Well done. This is amazing. I love you. I think Sue said that was going to happen. Well, yeah. you, when you spoke about her so warmly and that, you know, you were quite different characters, but that you'd worked so successfully together. I just thought, why would she not be happy when yeah. she knew it was something that you really wanted? Yeah. And it was true. I mean, I, I abs- absolutely understand why you were so concerned about it, because it was, you know, it sort of felt a bit sneaky as far as you were concerned. Yes, but, yes. Uh, you know, isn't she lovely? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I told her that we then took um, probably actually a few months to really come to the sort of how it would work um I think I had decided I think I maybe talked about it here actually that I take three months off with zero contact three months with a bit more contact and then after six months I would then look again at how um I would come back to the business um Every, all of my staff were really supportive. We had a general manager who was very supportive. Um, yeah, it was it was a really it was a really nice time actually. Um, it was also very nice to sort of be in a very safe space, getting larger and larger, <laughs> as it were, um, letting go, you know, gradually of the business, I suppose, trying desperately to do some future proofing, which we will let soon find out how how I failed on that one but um, (laughs) desperately trying to sort of look at different ways to expand the business and where I could fit in while both being pregnant and on maternity leave and then coming back with a small baby Um, and that all seemed to be going well Um, I mean do you want do you want me to bring us up to speed to this moment well I think I think let's let's uh, let's get down to to what happened did did you stick to that plan first of all did you take three months off with no contact yes I mean yeah I mean there may have been like a moment of contact whereby she might have said you need to sign this but pretty much Polly absolutely kept her word um and I couldn't have done it any I mean when I look at say women in the states and think how on earth would you have done that I mean I had no desire absolutely no desire to do any kind of um have any kind of contact but that's an interesting thing isn't it because you were really concerned about that because I think we said your your business was your baby yeah and yeah. And, and but isn't it interesting that when you did have a baby it, things were much clearer yeah Oh my God, they yeah. were so clear. I mean, that literally, and 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 Polly actually came and helped me out as a friend, not as a partner. And we didn't talk about the business then either, really. And actually, it was only secondhand that I had heard what was going on with the business. Actually, so that that brings us up to the current crisis because yes. there is a fresh crisis, yes. and it's interesting because we had called that episode "My Work Is My Baby, Help I'm Pregnant." But now that the work baby unfortunately yes has got what happened what a nightmare yes so so one of the key things that I'd identified way back in the beginning when I got pregnant was the lease and we had signed a three-year lease we knew this it was up in November of this year and when I found out I was pregnant one of the first things we did was arrange this was back in say March was arrange a meeting with our landlords to get a new not a new lease to renew the lease 
She had absolutely, I mean, this is a woman with three kids. I mean, she had absolutely assured us that they loved having us there, that we were a great asset to this this sort of the business space that we were in. Um, She had absolutely no intention of changing anything. We were, you know, brilliant. We just had to, you know, do the formalities. This was back in, say, March. We had asked it was a three-year lease. I knew they didn't really give much longer, but I also knew that a business with that short a lease is not very secure. Mm. So I'd asked for a 10-year lease. She said, oh, that sounds like something we might consider. Let me go away and talk about it. She then came back to us a sort of month later, said, no, we can't give you five. Has to be th- Sorry, we can't give you 10, but we might be able to give you five. We then kept saying, great, give us it in writing. Great, give us it in writing. Just give us the lease. And then she went dead. Mm. And that was the summer. She went dead. Then I go on maternity leave and nothing happens. And then pretty much three months. Golda is pretty much three months. And pretty much three months. And um, me and Polly get an email terminating our lease. Oh, that is cold. Any discussion? Zero. Zero. She said, if you would like to come in for a meeting regarding it, we could think about extending so we thought, oh, it's a formality. We're talking, we're actually talking about it. They're getting, so I phoned her up and I said, brilliant, we're coming in for this meeting. Will you be there with the lease that you're suggesting we extend? She says, nope, we're not doing that. We want, we want the license. We want your premises. We want it back. So, so what was the letter about saying, come in and see us? It was, uh, it was what she what she then offered us was a month, like the, a few, you know, a few months to kind of wind up the business. It was nothing. It was her trying to make it sound nicer than it really was. How shocking! I know. Shocking. And did you feel like mugs? Did you just feel really yeah. stupid? Yeah, on every level. I mean, yeah. I mean, I I was thinking about this. If I was on The Apprentice and they said to you, "What's your biggest fault?" I mean, I've got many, many. One of them would be gullible like literally I took this person this human being at her word what an idiot you know business seems to me much harsher and much unfairer than I you know I just you know sort of a gentlewoman's agreement you see the best in people I'm like that I just like to think that people are are genuinely nice but actually when in business is that is it really naive to think that I would not call yourself gullible I would call yourself trusting Yes. And actually, I wouldn't want you to change that. It's just next time you make sure you get it in writing as well. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, I, I have made agreements with people on, on a handshake mm. and it's worked out well. Mm. Mm. But I think when you think about what you're agreeing about, you're, you're, you've got a premises in London, prices are going up all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I think on things like property, it's so much better to get it in black and white. But I, I don't want you to change or think what you're, you are is wrong because I think one of the successes of your bar and your business is because of the nature of you, mm, that mm. you're a trusting, open person. Mm, mm. And I wouldn't want cynicism to creep in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all got it's all got worse since then because Polly just she doesn't want to do anything next. She's been really burnt in fact she's probably been far more burnt by this than I have I'm breastfeeding I've got oxytocin rushing through my body <laughs> you're and, high all yeah, the time yeah and <laughs> and actually I've been very sort of philosophical and stoic I mean there were tears when my landlady told me I put down the phone and I just sobbed 
since then, I've been pretty philosophical about it and just getting on with the sort of project management of trying to wind down a business. It's Polly who's on the coal face. You know, she's the one that's looking at this space and everything we've built and how it's, you know... Facing the staff, I guess, as well. We both went in. Yeah. I mean, there was me sitting in a circle, breastfeeding Golda while giving my staff their redundancy oh, notice. Lord. I mean, it was bizarre. It was very, What very a roller bizarre. coaster, though. To yes. Have, you know, <laughs> to have had gone through all of this, had a baby, brand new baby, and then suddenly you're winding up a business that was meant to be the thing that you were going to make a success yes. of, that you were making a yeah. success of. But if you look at... Um, most major successful entrepreneurs this has happened to them at least once maybe twice three times really what makes a successful business person is tenacity yep. stubbornness yeah and actually dealing with failure yeah. it, well it wasn't failure you ran a successful business but somebody stymied you but um I mean, I've said before on the podcast that you are defined by how you deal with failure, not by how you deal with success. Right. Success is, is you, know, fairly, you know, on the great scale of things, it's quite easy to deal with in, in many ways. But failure and having the sort of gumption to come back and say, OK, that didn't work. Well, actually, we have a very good business model here. Yep. But And so what we need to do in the future is to really think about premises and leases. And, I mean, the ultimate goal would be to own something yourself. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, now, that may be some way off, but um, you know that it's not going to be for three years next time. You've got to negotiate something longer because yep. you're putting so much of yourself into or it. Or walk away. I mean, and that's what... So the landlady would never have given us extra. There have been numerous built, <coughs> businesses that have come into this big estate that would have been perfect that I've walked away. And these interesting. Are, yeah, interesting. Yeah. And okay. that comes big like Sainsbury's local, and then walking away is great, but too small to a vintage clothing store called Beyond Retro, which oh, would have been yeah. perfect for Peckham. But they they looked at the three-year lease and they said, you know what, the amount of money, the fit-out, da-da-da-da-da, it's not worth it, let's walk away. Me and my business partner were... We're, we were at the early stages of this and took whatever... And I'd been looking for nine months as well, mm. so I knew what was out there. And now that I've done it once, I'll never do three years. Well, three years seems like quite a long time, actually. Yeah, when does. you're When you're at the, big, yeah. the, yeah. the big, at the start of it, you think, yeah. oh, three years, great, we can do loads in three years. But you're right. You've just, you know, all that money and time it's has the fit to be... Out. It's yeah, the, right. yeah, you've yeah. got to do the calculations. So it was a hard one... Um, His lessons were learned. Yes, <laughs> definitely. But but the, what I take from this, the good I take from it is, you have a really good business model. Mm. You have. I mean, it's it's sad, but not surprising that your friend has really taken the brunt of it. Um, but again, if you're entrepreneurial, you will be down for a while. Mm. But then you've got to just say, okay, well, what did we learn? And we, I mean, you know, you do something that works really well. Yeah. I mean, that's fantastic. Yeah. You've just got to find premises now, if that's what you want to do. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing about if. I mean, I had this, you know, sort of <clears throat> washing up or doing something quite banal, and I was just like, maybe I just want to enjoy my daughter. You know, that was the other sort of difficult thing is like, you know, a friend of mine actually offered me a job. He's already offered, I've already been <laughs> offered a job doing his marketing for him for a business that he's setting up as quite successful. Or no, it's not, it's going, it can be, it's, you know, on its way. And it would be quite a nice stopgap, you know, doing a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And, you know, that's definitely something that I could then enjoy Golda doing. I mean, I know how much of my heart and soul I put into setting up that business. Do I have time and energy for that? Again, not 
not at this specific moment in time. And it's hard for me to imagine a moment when I will do. But, I mean, women, parents, people have been juggling, I suppose, you know, children and a really driven career forever or something. I'm not sure. So anyway, that's where I'm at at the moment, just trying to work out. I suppose I need to give myself a bit of breathing space. Definitely. And I've got two questions for you. When will it all be wound down? Have you got a date when this is over? So the bar itself is on the 17th of December. Okay. We've negotiated one week free rent. Nice. To to take it all out. Yeah. We're then going to book a storage space for eight weeks, which is when they give the uh, cheap space for and set it up as a bit of a showroom and sell all our assets so you've got three weeks to do that yeah. essentially and then and then eight weeks to sell our assets okay. so the selling of the assets um i mean i've been doing an inventory um and just trying to price it up is just a very boring thing but you know we have everything from you know six cameras and cctv to 14 i well, know to four fridges an <laughs> oven and extraction two sound systems wow you know everything and it all has to be sold there's no there's no putting it in storage and putting it onto the next thing can you afford to hang on to it so it's all really the fact that me and polly are not carrying on together that was my next question yeah Yeah. are you and polly going to be business partners again or is it no and i don't think actually i mean it's funny because i was saying to somebody i haven't really considered it. it might be that just polly doesn't like working with me but i don't think so i think I think, I think it, I'm not sure. A few months ago, she was very much like, yes, because there's another premises that we could open up. It would be a music venue. And it would, we wouldn't actually be able to even get keys for it, for even the space until next summer, which suits me. And, And my business partner was all up for going on with that. And then... She actually just was like, you know what, I can't do it. I think she's just burnt. I think she probably wants to take even like a year out. I don't know. Um, regroup, decide what it is she's really passionate about. Um, I weirdly found myself a- found myself sorry able to step back from the actual nitty gritty day to day running of the bar much easier than she did. And I do wonder whether that has meant she, you know, has has been burnt by it more than I have in a sense, has taken it more personally, has, um, I don't know, just as a bit like, you know that, what, that was really hard work. Some people as well, I see it a lot, are just, they're, they're great when things are successful. Okay. But some people find it very difficult to cope with failure. Now, in what what's happened to you is not a failure mm-hmm. because you've still got a really successful business model. What, but but the vicissitudes of running a business, some people are not robust enough to deal with that. Yeah, right. And you know, maybe an experience like this has taught her that she wants to go and work for somebody else. Yeah. Or, you know, she had weirdly. We had already been talking about that. In, I mean, I think that this may have been a blessing in disguise in some senses um she had been talking about um how um the amount of money that we were making at that time was so minuscule for the amount of hours we were putting in that she could we could both just go off and manage someone else's bar for double the amount of money we were making for all this stress now i didn't feel the stress i saw it as a kind of buzz the strategy of it i was much more on that kind of strategic level 
Um, so for me, the idea of managing another bar, getting behind the bar again, doing all of that sort of the sort of day to day, week to week, month to month admin, no way. It wasn't for me at all. So I think for her, it, yeah, I think she just couldn't see. Yeah, but but weirdly, she is entrepreneurial. She is really good at running. Lit, I think it's little small businesses. She said actually, like rather than some kind of. Yeah, I just think it was all very overwhelming for her. So, But entrepreneurial is not just about having an idea and setting something up. It's actually then going through the, you know, the slings and arrows, yeah, right? right? The ups and downs, you yeah. know, of what happens. Nothing yeah. ever goes yeah. smoothly. And uh, But I think it, taking a break to work out, well, how much money are we, money are we earning? How much effort do we put in? Yep. Now, at the beginning, it's always going to be like that. And the way that you earn is you expand. Yeah. But again, that needs a whole load of energy. Yeah. Um, and I think it's really great because you've got another focus now. You have to make up your mind about what you want. But also never forget the longer term because it's golder. You need to provide for her future. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so, you know, um, it's not just about... I mean, I think what you're talking about now, doing this and fitting it in with her, is wonderful. But this is always going to be a long-term plan, mm, isn't it? Yeah. Because yeah. you want to provide for her future. Yeah. I think often as women, we see ourselves as the, the maternal bit. You're forced because you are a single parent, albeit with a lot of help from the dad. Mm. But you are, you're you're going to have to provide for her. Yeah, definitely. You are the provider. Yeah. So it's what's best in the long run as far as that's concerned. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Looking at you from from where we sit as well, I think you're in quite an amazing position. In the first of all, you you seem to be really okay about everything that's going on, which is amazing. <laughs> Oxytocin doing its thing, yeah, like you said, which is great. <laughs> But also, you've already had two potential things just without even trying. You've got one guy going, can you come and do some marketing for me? And somebody, you know, a potential music venue yep. on the horizon without even really trying, right? Yep, yep. And you've bet the dust hasn't settled on, on yep. what's happened, no, you know, with the bar. Not. So what what's I, I don't I, I really feel like potentially without even trying organically something might just come around for you because of the kind of network you're in the kind of circles that you move in you're always you know the, the, these are this is the world you operate in and yeah. they, there's always a need for 
people like you who I mean, can do the, this successfully. You know? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, though, before I had the business, I've I've never not had a job. I, I've always been employed. And if I haven't been employed, I found a way of making some money or some or created some weird job for myself just on a we're more I you know I said to someone oh it looks like you need an administrator for that well I'll charge you this da, da, da. and that was all great before Golda that was great you know but it was a very much hand-to-mouth existence which I enjoyed I don't have desire for I'm really not motivated by money I really am not and that's through my privilege I really is I, I'm not I'm, I'm very aware of that um, but I'm not motivated by money um but now that I have Golder, I do want mm. to create... I mean, I, I, that's why I started the bar, weirdly, was to create some kind of roots or um, longevity or something. And so that kind of being offered this and that wish and wash, I don't think... I can't do that anymore. At least it doesn't feel like it's enough anymore. You know, I wanted to build... Yeah, I was I was excited about building something. That's what was exciting about the bar, was building it. And the thought of losing that, if I dwell on that, that's when it does become a bit upsetting. You know, sure. I've lost that thing that I was building has been knocked down. And it, do I have the energy, do I have the strength to rebuild it again? Okay, well, let, let's do some practical next steps, Sue. Now that you've you've heard the latest update from Sophie, what would you say would the next practical steps be to even just help with some sort of ideas for the future? Well, first of all, Golda will be quite considerably older. and yeah. Right, so th- that changes everything as well. She yeah. won't be as dependent on you. And yeah. I'm a great believer in it takes a village to raise a child, yeah. you know. Um, now, that might be professional childcare or it might be um, help with family and friends. But when you say finance, are you thinking about going to the bank and asking for a loan? Yes. Um, because um, what have you got for collateral? Well, that's the scary thing. Um, the only thing I have for collateral is my house. And I don't know whether the risk is worth my, you know, my if, my, if I want to actually, that's the only thing I've got stable in my life. And it is a great source of comfort to yes, me yes. Um, that it is super stable and it's not going anywhere. The idea of borrowing, you know, it would cost, the set up a music venue would cost 100k. It, I mean, I've done very, very, very basic maths and it would be 100k. That would definitely, and nowadays to borrow that kind of money, they ask for security. Whether you've got an ongoing concern or not, do I want to put up my house now that I've got a daughter for that, probably not. You know, I don't... Oh, I no, got, no, you know. I, I totally get that. But that's good because that's decided. You don't do that. Yeah. So then, um, so maybe a bank is not the place to go. Yeah. So we know that you are very well networked. I mean, have you thought about, uh, especially with the clientele that you've had, where would the music venue be? Would it be near where yeah. you were before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, so it will be the same target audience. Yeah, pretty okay. much. So I'm just wondering about crowdfunding and yeah. about maybe investors who have used it who might be willing to put in some money. Yeah, yeah. But absolutely, investors. as part of that costing would be a salary for you because you're yeah. not doing it for nothing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'd Definitely. have a look at what sorts of, what would be a reasonable salary and you could start off at one level and then if it was a success yeah you know but the difference now is you're going in with actually a lot more knowledge of the business yes definitely so you're a much more interesting proposition yeah so i i think especially now with the technology that we have crowdfunding is such an exciting 
place to be if you do it properly. I mean, just mm -hmm. trying to find somebody who perhaps knows something about crowdfunding that could tell you where the best venue venue to be to advertise for that. Yeah. But also, just you do you have any kind of um, contact details for people who generally use the bar at the moment? Yes, 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 yes. I mean, we've got a mailing list of about 3,000 people. Well, it's 3,000 people. Yeah. So, I mean, um, if, you know, if they put up 50 quid each. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. You'd have your money and more. I mean, if you had a business plan, if you had an idea of what would this look like when it was finished. Yes. Um, so that you could then pitch that to people. Yeah. Um, there might be local businesses, you know, who might want to invest. There might be local people who come to the bar that might want to invest. There might just be random people who think, what an interesting project Yeah. in the general area. Yeah. But finding someone who is an expert on crowdfunding might be useful. Someone who's done it successfully mm. might be useful. Especially, like, especially in an area like Peckham where there is this ongoing jarring up against, you know, gentrification and, and what's happening in the area. And then when gentrification becomes corporatization, which yeah. is the next step, the, the people are, this is very much a hot topic. People are talking about this. It's something people are thinking about. So, yeah, really and you're are. part of that conversation. And what's happened to you is part of... Yeah. that whole yeah, horrible yeah. thing you know yeah. i mean i think yeah i mean probably what i should do come january maybe january february i mean interestingly the music venue is asking for proposals in january so that gives me a bit of a time frame i spoke to the the, the landlords of that space and ask them quite candidly like mm. what are your time frames um and january so there's no rush in that sense i could definitely there's definitely some breathing space there and then come january i suppose it's looking it's money isn't it it's yeah. like how can i can i you know how can i how can i fund this and also i mean i had a, a conversation with a friend who talked to me about risk and it was something i'd never ever ever considered which is is it going to be worth it in the long run the risk that you're taking to borrow a you know, hundred thousand pounds is not a cheap amount of money it's really not mm -hmm. it's, is it you know is it is the payback worth it um and i suppose one quantifies risk in terms of money right you know, how else do you think about it? Is it worth, am I going to be making any money from this place and being quite candid about it? And if not, maybe, you know, maybe I think about a venue in Margate. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? I don't know what it is. But sitting down, um, yeah, and doing some hard work on some numbers and some, yeah, really sort of honest thinking, I suppose. I mean, the idea is often the easy bit. Yeah. You know, because wouldn't it be nice if we could have this? But the, where it becomes much more business focused is when you do the business plan, when you you actually decide on a salary for yourself, because otherwise it's not worth doing. Yep. Golda seems to agree. Yes. <laughs> um, and, um, th but also I think any potential investor will want not want five points on the back of a fag packet. Yep. They want to know, well, what makes you think this will be a success? Yeah. The great feather in your cap is you've already done it once. Yeah. Yeah. And you've got so much goodwill. Yeah. And you've got people there who've enjoyed coming into your bar and would like to repeat the, uh, yeah. the experience. Also, what Ruth says, I mean, I think generally there's a movement between trying to keep little local businesses. I think people feel very sentimentally about that. Yeah. So that's sort of quite zeitgeisty, I yeah. think. But. What it comes down to is, do you want to do that and yeah. put your efforts... It will take a lot of effort. Yeah. But Or do you want to just be looked after for a while, you know, yeah. by getting a salary? Yeah. No, I mean, it's true. I mean, the, the probably the, the, the easier option... Not easier, but the, 
just you know being looked after for a while would probably be a lot easier um well then what's the hurry don't be forced into making a decision because a particular venue yeah. has become available yep um that sort of forces your hand yeah but there will be other venues yeah no that is very true as well I'm just true. amazed you're having any of these thoughts with a three-month-old baby. Like, you yeah, know, but you know what? I, I mean, what's interesting is I wasn't having any of those thoughts. You know, I wasn't planning to have any of these thoughts. I was planning just to spend. I mean, what's funny though is I got to three months, and um, when I said, you know, I said to Polly, uh, no contact, and after about three months, I was a bit like, oh, I'm a bit bored. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I said to Polly, oh, maybe if there's anything you need, you know, do you need me to do anything? And she came back and said, oh, maybe you could do. Oh, sponsorship! Back we do, we could do like great, and I did a bit of a couple of hours here, a couple of hours there. I thought, oh, I'm really enjoying this, and then it all got kind of stressful because <laughs> I didn't. She wasn't sleeping when I thought she was going to be doing when I was. Da, 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 da. And I was like, oh god, this going back to work business is, is. I think it's a bit too soon. I'm really not, you know, I'm really not up for it. I'm really worried about what Polly's going to expect me to do and how am I going to do it, and she's going to want me to work really hard, and then boom. It all just got absolutely blown out the window and was completely irrelevant and I had to go in and make my staff redundant while breastfeeding. You know, it was like, oh, okay, I'm just getting on with it. I'm just doing what needs to be done. Um, and that's basically what I mean, it's it a given that, that looking after a child is probably one of the most important things you will ever do. Yeah. And the most fulfilling and wonderful things. But also we have brains. Yeah, totally. You know, and, and especially when, um, uh, I mean, they're, they're lovely as they get older. They're just so funny and wonderful to be around. But it also gets quite repetitive. Yeah, yeah. And drudgy. And you're a you're really intelligent, entrepreneurial woman. So it's about making decisions about the longer term yep. and how to get there. Yeah, I think the longer term, I think that's a good way of thinking about it. I think I've started, again, while washing up, thinking about, okay, what does my future, what do I want my future to look like, you know, in the next 20 years? Yes. never thought that. I mean, it was one year, those <laughs> three. Um, you know, where do I want to be in 20 years and sort of working back from that, which does give me a bit of breathing space and stops me panicking a bit. Yeah, the um, long view is a good view. It's a yeah. good view to take. And also when you have a kid, you're suddenly thinking about who am I going to be to her yep. when she goes, when she's at school going, my mummy does yep. whatever it is. Mm -hmm. like, that was a big thing for me. Else to worry about. <laughs> That's another thing to worry about. I just, I wanted my daughter to kind of think I did something quite cool and I did well, my own thing. I'll always be proud of you, no? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It, well, it certainly set me on a different yeah. course, which was yeah. what, it, what was it was, what was good. That was what the thought was good for, I think. Yeah. Well, look, I think you're going to be a success whatever you do fingers crossed good luck thank you keep us updated yes, and I how lovely be. that the reason that we're having to have this conversation is that you've ended up with such a beautiful little yeah girl. she's know. gorgeous she's what a gorgeous. little treat yes. um well thank you to sophie for coming in and uh, updating us and if if you've been on the podcast and you're listening to this and you've got news come on come on in and update us about what's going on um and also uh, thanks of course to you for listening and we are approaching the end of the series we've got a couple more episodes but of course we're looking for people for series three of course we're going to just keep on going do get in touch info at chalkandblade.com is the address info at chalkandblade.com is the address to drop us uh, a line with your crisis or find us on twitter at my career crisis um, my career crisis is a rosina sound and chalk and blade production thanks to sue Hearn from creative people of course for being brilliant um, and uh, rate and review us on iTunes if you can. Tell a friend. 
My Career Crisis is a Chalk and Blade and Rosina Sound production. We are completely independent. If you're out there and you'd like to give us some money to make My Career Crisis, we would love to take it off you. Please do email us about sponsorship opportunities with My Career Crisis. Info at chalkandblade.com. Chalkandblade.com. My Career Crisis. Are you a woman? Are you over 30? Have you thought about getting a dog? Or like me, do you already have one? The reason I ask, life is hard. And the myth that when you hit 30, you have everything figured out is just plain ridiculous. And sometimes having a dog just makes things better. That's When You Get A Dog is a series about women and the areas in our lives that matter. Each episode will be anchored in one key area and we will hear stories from real women, not robots. Wait, what does real women even mean? There will even be some sprinklings of what men think. Although, who cares? LOLS! So join me, Renee, every other Tuesday for a brand new topic. Hit subscribe now. Bye! Oh, one last thing. This isn't a sh- Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.